some herbs and uh, a little bit more of uh, Ayurveda today. So um, I'm here with Alfredo Hernandez of Ahava Ayurveda. Hello. <laughs> All right. So um, well, let's talk about um, these really cool uh, shlokas that I found here. Um, okay. I want to read. I want to read the first one, and I'll let you read the hard one. How about that? Oh wow! Okay, let's let's see how my tongue is how my tongue is feeling today. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll right. be forgiving because we're we're not. Uh, professionals here so uh i thought these were pretty interesting because this is how they used to learn ayurveda yeah in india and you know uh we didn't have to learn it this way but it would be kind of cool to learn about the herbs in this yeah. fashion so uh, the first one is from the bhava prakasha nigantu ashwagandha Anilashma, Shvita, Shota, Kashyapa, Kashyapa, ha. Yeah, Kashyapa, ha. Balya, Rasayani, Prokta, Kashayati, Shukla. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. So, what do you think about that one? Yeah, it's interesting because, um, He's telling you the qualities, right? Right, right. Yeah. yeah. See, a lot of people are, are using Ashwanda for other things, though. Right, and uh, this is what we're here to talk about today. I found nowhere in any of the things that I've looked through um, about using Ashwagandha how uh, most supplement companies are using it. So, um, as practitioners of Ayurveda and people that spent some time studying these herbs, um, it's important for people to understand how to use the herbs. Uh, yes. So, let's talk about, first of all, the main uses of the herb as we remember them, right? Yeah. Number one. Rasayana, right? Yes, yeah. Rasayana is one of the main ones. So what would you describe as a Rasayana? How would you translate that into English? It will be uh, as a, it gives you youth, you know, it replenishes your body. It, it brings the best in yourselves, you know. So I think it's one of the main qualities of this herb is that it helps that you can have it as a rosayana you can have it every day certain quantity you know right like a rejuvenating right it's something rejuvenating to, yes right rejuvenates, so, yes so this is not to be used long term or for long periods of time just uh no. like a you know how when you take, uh, like, let's say people take psychedelics and they say you do a heroic dose. You heard that? <laughs> no, I have not. <laughs> but I, I thought not, about yeah. that when I was thinking about ashwagandha because ashwagandha uh, also is translated as the smell of a horse or the power of a horse. So it's it's like horsepower, yeah. right? So you yeah. wanna you wanna. Uh, it's going to be like a heroic dose. It's going to give you like some, it's going to amplify, right? It's going to nourish and strengthen and build you up to be, you know, it's used to strengthen the muscles and tone. So if you're a guy that works out, you definitely yeah. want to take this. If you have the, the digestive power, right? Yeah. Well, um, see, that's, that's, that's one, one thing. If, if you allow me to, I, uh, I, I had a, a, a client that came to me, um, he was, uh, you know, those guys that work out a lot. And he told me that he had a lot of heartburn. And I said, uh, what's going on? And he said, oh, you see, it's like, I eat salads, you know, uh, I eat all this organic. My diet is very restrictive. And he told me, he goes, you look good. But 
he, he was taking uh, ashwagandha, like uh, two capsules in the morning, uh, two capsules at noontime, and two capsules at night. So, and I said, why are you taking so much of ashwagandha? He said, well, somebody told me that I could take it every day. You know, so, and then I checked his chart and he came out, he was Pita, he was Pita, Pita Vata. But he was more Pita, I mean, physically. Um, so he was always with the heartburn, always. At nighttime, he would cry because his esophagus was burning so much that he had to, uh, keep drinking water throughout the night. So I said, you know what? Let's do this. Let's change this dosage. Just take two ashawandas uh, after you work out. It'll be that, like once a day. And he's like, okay. So it took him about a week to change his heartburn, but he started taking two capsules after his workout, and he was doing good after that. And I right. told him that, that illustrates everything that I think we're going to talk about today. It illustrates time, proper time and dosage, yeah, yeah. Uh, digestion, and who should be taking this. Okay. Sounds right. Good. Yeah. Because Absolutely. the. The the Agni or the digestive fire has to be strong. And after you work out, your digestive fire is very strong. Most men want to eat like a, you know, a whole table full of food. Yeah. And um, that's what you need to digest this herb because it is very heavy. It is. It is. Yeah. And uh, the way it's being marketed in, um, you know, society is typical uh you know they're just selling it because they know people want it but they're telling people oh it's for relaxation it's for women uh i mean i had somebody the other day that um not a client but they came to look for ashwagandha and they're trying to get pregnant oh, boy. it's like um <laughs> That's definitely not for people trying to get pregnant because we know it's a very ushna herb, right? Absolutely, yes. Very heating. You know, yeah, that's why potency. it's usually, yeah, contraindicated in, a, you know, someone that has, even they say people that have anger should not take this or people that are uh, pitta dominant should not be taking yeah. this. And if exactly. you're a woman trying to get pregnant, um, this is a herb that is also considered uh, anulomana, so it moves things down in the body, right? It, yes. And uh, if it will not allow a fetus to attach itself to the uterus if you're taking this um, herb. And, you know, I'm a purist. I don't like taking things in capsules, especially Ayurvedic herbs. I feel like that's not how they should be taken, but that's just me. Um, Especially for ashwagandha, if you have the time to make it into a decoction with water and milk or almond milk yeah. and jaggery, wow, what a difference you'll see, right? It's more yeah. medicinal. It's going to work with your body better. It, it, it's more of a actual medicinal preparation. Yes. And, um, yeah, I was reading about uh, the, according to the classics, it's used in cough, vitality, physical strength. Um, it's a purgative. And it also is uh, brimana. So it yeah. cures weaknesses, right? Yes. So it's it's given to people that are typically, you know, older that need the strength or that have uh, degenerative conditions and they need to um, replenish and nourish uh, depleted tissues, right? Yes, it does. Yeah, it helps with the muscles, especially when they're depleting due to age. 
sometimes sickness or malnutrition. Yeah. So it helps for the with the building of the muscle. Right. Improve, improves the muscle mass and the strength. That's what one of the main things on Ashawanda. Yeah, let me uh I'm gonna share my screen with you so you can see what I'm looking at. Okay. So here in the Charaka Samhita online, I love this. Uh, it talks about indications, right? Just as we mentioned, weaker, emaciated yeah. people, uh, people that are injured or traumatized, uh, vata yeah. predominant, which would be the over 60 group or um, anyone that is thin and um, has very thin bone structure would be um, ideal for this herb that want to put on weight. Yeah. And also for people that, um, you know, post uh, purgation, right? Yes. So to correct any, like you said earlier, um, anyone that has weak tissues. You see that? And let's see there was um so here's something else that is to be considered with ashwagandha which is often overlooked what is your um digestion right as we said before what are you eating what is the diet if you're going to take a rasayana herb uh there's a specific way to take it and there's also a specific diet to consider right yes uh so what would you say would be an ideal um way to take ashwagandha let's say you're trying to like let's use that guy um that was building the muscle what did you say was uh like a or recommend for him as a diet well, for him, I, I he was already uh, he was eating meats, you know, at lunchtime, and uh, he was having uh, like eggs at nighttime, hard-boiled eggs. In the morning, he was having uh, fruits, so he was having yogurt and fruits. So I told him that to just take away the yogurt or take away the fruit, eat either or. I said you can mix uh, some type of cereal with the cereal with the yogurt. You can put rock sugar, you know, mix it up, or you can even put some maple syrup into the yogurt uh, to give it some flavor. Um, so we know that mixing fruit with yogurt is toxic, so. I said, once you do that, you will take away the toxicity of this mixture. And then uh, he was eating um, meat at lunchtime, chicken, and turkey. So to me, it was fine. I just, I told him not to eat too much fish, just in case he will be having fish. Um, because a lot of people eat fish, and uh, especially him, that he was a pita. Oh, pita yeah. People. See, pita people cannot have too much fish because it's too hot. It's funny. People think that fish is a, <laughs> they think it's like a cooling food and they get really surprised when they find out that it's actually very heating. Absolutely. And see, a lot of people think also the yogurt is cooling, but it's actually hot. Right. It's ushna and all. it's yeah. also, uh, isn't it pitula as well? Yogurt, yes, it is. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I I told him, so look, uh, you either have yogurt in the morning, like, well, that's hot already. Then you have your beef, uh, noontime, beef is cold, which is fine. And then you cannot have fish, I go, because it's too hot. So avoid fish. Because your pita, you said that you like yogurt so much, so just keep eating yogurt in the morning. Your meats in the, in the noon, and then at nighttime, just do your hard-boiled eggs, 
and uh, since I guess he was working out between three and four in the afternoon, so I said, take your ashwagandha with your shake, you know, protein shake. Okay, he said that he wasn't gonna stop taking the protein shake, so I said, well, take it with your with your ashwagandha, do it right there, mix it up, and uh, he was doing salads in between, I guess. For him, being a pita was good because he has a lot of power in his gut, you know, it's super hot. So he was able to everything, make sure that everything go back to the safe way he was way before then, you know. So he basically cut out most of the ashawanda. He was taking six, uh, actually he was taking 3,000 milligrams of ashawanda a day. 3,000 milligrams, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, because he was taking two capsules. Each capsule was 500 milligrams. Yeah, and this is like uh, the common thing I see. People want like 500 or more milligrams of ashwagandha. It's like going back to that heroic dose. It's like saying uh, the first time you're going to take mushrooms, you're going to take like a whole pound instead of yeah. like a few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there goes the brain. Yeah, and that, that was what he was doing, you know, and, he's, and he said to me, he said, you know what? He said, uh, I guess he had sex with his girlfriend. And he said that when he ejaculated, he was he was super hot what came out. Like he boiling. He was boiling. He said, he said, uh, he said, when he came out, he said he was like, he was boiling. He said, my girlfriend was complaining about it. That's crazy. Yeah, he said it was super hot. And then he said that, he started noticing the his testicles were uh, burning all the time, so it was really weird, you know. Yeah. So I said, you know what? You need to really stop taking ashwagandha, reduce it to two capsules a day, or one. I go, you decide, but you have to stop it because otherwise you're gonna start hurting yourself. I said, you'll burn your body. It so sounds like he already was, like he basically yeah, he overdosed because, you know, people think nothing happens with herbs. That's mm -hmm. really a um, very, uh, I would say, a, a lesson people will learn when they start taking too much because they don't ever think it's the herb. Like, I've seen ashwagandha uh, make women very masculine. Uh, make their uh, energy very masculine and dominating, right? Yeah. And, you know, herbs can do this because we understand in Ayurveda that herbs are, um, they have potencies, they have qualities, they have their own essence and even have a masculine and feminine counterpart. So in the case of women that want to uh bulk themselves or put on more, um, you know, body mass in a safe way without messing with their hormones, the way I guess you would categorize it in Western medicine, hormones, right? Yes. Um, you would take shatavari, mm -hmm. yeah. right? Because yeah. we learned shatavari is the female herb and ashwagandha is the male herb. Uh, sometimes I've seen it even being given, given in uh, half and half portions. So if somebody wants to do a rejuvenation, uh, they will do 50% ashwagandha, 50% shatavari, and then, you know, do a decoction. Uh, but personally, I do not like giving ashwagandha to women. Um, mm -hmm. I don't see it as an herb that is appropriate for women. Yes, you're right about a, that. It's a good part of a formula uh, to be used as a therapeutic, but in general, um, I love what uh, David Frawley says about this in uh, the Yoga of Herbs. I was looking through the ashwagandha chapter, and he says, ashwagandha holds a place in the Ayurvedic pharmacology similar to ginseng in Chinese medicine. It is the best rejuvenative herb for the muscles, marrow, yeah. and semen, and vata constitution. Nowhere in there does he say for feminine 
constitution or tissue development, right? Yes. Yes. So I trust somebody like David Frawley and also just in our observations, this is not an herb uh, to be given for, you know, women or um, any, any type of female rejuvenation, because if this is to ginseng, as is, uh, you know, Ayurveda to Chinese medicine, then we know what is the feminine counterpart of ginseng is Dong Kwai, right? Yes, yes. So if they understood that there are pairs of herbs that are for the man and woman, uh, we should uh, observe this as well in Ayurveda and not just use an herb uh, because it's being marketed a certain way. And, and that's where I feel like the, the mistake is being made. It's, you know, typical of drug companies or pharmaceutical companies, which own a lot of the herb companies now, um, you know, the, the ones that make the supplements, uh, not like traditional Ayurvedic herbs, at least from my knowledge, um, these supplement companies just want to cash in on the, um, you know, the trend. Exactly. Most of the people are doing trend wise. Um, for example, um, I was, uh, I was in a country in, in Central America for, for a few months over there. And, uh, people were asking me about Gokshura, you know? Yeah because they think they're going to have a super erection, mainly guys, you know, they're going to have super erections with, with the Gokshura, you know. And uh, I told them that if you're 30 years old, 35 years old, and I mean, you have your normal strength already, the, the why you want to increase it, you know. And uh, this guy ordered some some Gokshura extract from Canada, and I gave him some that I had, so he could see how he feels. He's like, "Oh, it was it's nothing compared to yours." He said, "The one I got is way better." I said, "Why?" So it's an extract, you know, it's super strong. And then, guess what? He started having chills. He was cold. And we were in a uh, tropical weather country. You know, at nighttime, it's like 85 degrees. It's like, okay. And he was wearing a, a hat, jacket, and he was like, uh, I go, what's wrong, man? He's like, no, I'm super cold. I go, what? He said, well, I've been taking the, the capsules that I ordered from Canada. So for some reason, he was taking those extract from Gokshura, and he was super cold. So it was uh, interesting because Gokshura is cold, right? Gokshuda, yeah. Uh, it also yeah. depends, like, what part of the plant did he get? I guess he said but it was it the is, whole... But it is typically shita. Yeah. Yeah, Old. of course. Yeah, so I told him, I so said, you need to stop taking it. Because he was urinating over and over and over and over it was <laughs> you know it, it was like he was like 80 years old you know and large prostate and it just kept so i told him i said look you need to stop overdosing yourself i said you don't need to take this that much i go once a day one capsule once a day is fine so a lot of people are taking this on the trendy side just to, I don't know, I guess they feel empowered, you know, that they're following the trend. But well, also, they they don't, I mean, here's the thing. 
there are so many Ayurvedic practitioners that you can ask for a consultation where you can get the proper herb. These are two good examples because guy number one could take Gokshura and guy number two could take Ashwagandha. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The Pitta should be taking the Shita or the cold potency herb for that system. But, yeah. you know, why was it making the old guy urinate so much? Because that is part of what it does. It, it cleanses through the urine, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's an anti-inflammatory. But when you don't have any, any body mass to make inflamed, what happens? You're just going to keep peeing. Exactly. So yeah, it's uh, that's a it's very hard to talk people out of a a regimen that they've put themselves on. And another thing that I'm seeing a lot of is people that work at gyms that are trainers are recommending these herbs and lifestyle and diet without any proper training at all. Exactly. Yeah. Like. I don't know why there is such a cultural belief that, you know, if you go to the gym, you should be having a protein smoothie and pre-workout powder. Like where, I mean, I, I guess I know where they're getting this is they're going online <laughs> on social media, you know, clown world uh, and getting advice from people that just make <laughs> videos <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's an abomination. <laughs> it's abomination. You know? <laughs> yes, That's how I yes. feel. I mean, we're both very, um, I guess you would say, militant about how we practice Ayurveda. And, you know, it's not for everyone, but we want to stick to why are we incorporating herbs into our lifestyle regimen you know, you have to ask yourself, why am I taking this? Okay, if I'm taking this because I'm an 80-year-old man that would like some help in that area, then I have to also consider what's my life like? How much do I weigh? You know, if I'm an obese person and I want help with this, you know, male fertility, of course I'll take Gokshura. But if I'm the opposite end of the spectrum, I'm, um, you know, 60 plus and I'm very thin and have very low body mass then I should probably go for ashwagandha yeah, right yeah. and you're a man so you understand this um I'm just observing it as somebody that's taking all the data that we have learned and and um even just the little bit that I understand of this shloka you know, it, it's, it's Kashaya, Baha, Shotaha, Balia, Rasayani. Yeah, there is a part of it that's Kashaya, but not enough. And, and to me, it sounds like what they're talking about is you need to make a, de a decoction of this. Yes. Right? Yeah. See, decoctions, we, yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah, go ahead. Uh, see, uh, on decoctions, I uh, I I had a patient uh, while I was over there. She was ninety-seven years old. Ninety-seven. So I start her up on ashwagandha. Um, so I had her daughter. Heat up the milk, mix the uh, half a teaspoon of uh, ashwagandha with the milk, and then have her heat up the milk with the ashwagandha ready in there. And she started taking it. Uh, it took her about a month and a half for her to start walking around on her own. But by the time I stopped seeing her, she was walking already. She was going to the bathroom by herself. And uh, the tremor she had on her hands stopped. So it was amazing. It was amazing to see that she was able to walk. And the tremors she had, they went away. And she started eating better. 
and uh, I noticed that she was more uh, at ease because she was always nervous. So it was to me it was amazing to see that. Well, number one, the daughter followed instructions, and the the mother was able to take the herbs the, the way I prescribed them, and she was doing really well. I mean, it was to me it was amazing. It was beautiful to see that what they have accomplished by taking the herbs the way they were told to do it, and the lady was walking. You know, she she hasn't walked. I guess uh, she stopped walking in 2019. At the beginning of 220, she didn't get up anymore because of the, you know, the COVID thing. Um, so I guess she was depressed because she couldn't go out anymore. So she just lay down, didn't get up anymore. But by the time I left her this year, in May this year, she was walking. That was wonderful. <laughs> so it works if you use it the right way. I love that. I mean, yeah, that's the power of following a proper instruction. And if you give the proper uh, herbal remedy and recipe for the right patient, you will see those results. It's not going to be like pulling teeth, right? Um, exactly. Yeah, I've heard a lot of you know, people that were older lost a lot of their strength. And, you know, a lot of times when they're uh, laying down a lot, they lose mobility, they lose uh, muscle mass. Um, a lot of times there's bed sores. I mean, these are all really hard to deal with things um, that most old people go through because um, they don't have the proper care. And um, I think this patient also illustrates a point of the other qualities of ashwagandha which is also nourishing the brain because that's its other um ability is is it's used to um work on what they would call like unmada right i think so yes do you remember that one? So like any kind of mental imbalances, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so here, um, I'm just trying to figure out how to do this again to share the screen so I can show you what well, I'm reading. I mean, for, for, for one is anti-aging. So right there, you know. Right. Anti-aging. Yeah. It's uh, so the... Yeah, in this case, uh, ashwagandha was working to uh, bulk the body and the mind, but it also, um, like here, uh, mental factors that promote nourishment, cheerfulness and happiness, contentment, and avoiding mental worries has a nourishing effect. Well, you know, most people were not in that state of mind. And here, mental distress leads to poor nutrition and reduces weight. Right. Yeah. Yes. And, and that's it, what I mean, happens to these patients. Yeah, it, it is good for um, anxiety also. You know, it's really, really good, um, especially um, for people that are overstressed. Ashwanda and I makes wonders. Um, I noticed that people with the see, I had this patient. Um, he is. He's 40 years old, but he's hyper like a 15 year old, you know, super hyper. So but like, I, you mean Vata imbalance? Oh yeah, completely, but he's Pita too, you know, he's, he's, he's Vata yeah. Pita. And uh, he was like, I mean, he will get up at three in the morning, he'll be calling me, hey, what are you doing? You wanna have breakfast? And I'm like, hey, it's three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> you know, and- uh, yeah. This guy will not stop. I mean, the whole day, you know, he's a doctor, and uh, he will get up in the morning. He will go swim on the beach. He will swim, drive back, and he will go to the gym, and then he'll open his clinic, 
and he'll call me 11.30, hey, let's have breakfast, I'm having lunch. He's like, sure, you know, I have lunch. So he was always on the move. I go, I, I, go, I cannot keep up with him. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a kafa. <laughs> You're too fast for me. And uh, what I noticed was that once he started taking uh, ashwagandha the right way, he mellow out. So it was uh, interesting to see how he changed. It wasn't right away the change. It was slowly. And he was calm. He even said to himself, he said, look, um, I feel calm. It's different. And when he was overtaking Ashwagandha, he wasn't calm. It was interesting. You know? So what was it? What what was done differently? That changed. Well, well he was take he was the guy that's taking uh the six thousand milligrams of ashwagandha. Uh-huh. Okay. So he was taking ashwagandha like that, six capsules a day. So he was super hyper, you know? Mm. And then I said, no, you need to remove four capsules at least. Mm -hmm. Take two capsules or one after working out. Once he did that, he changed completely. You know, like within a week or two weeks, he's changed. He wasn't too hyper already. Uh, he was, I already can see the changes after two weeks due to this change we did on his uh, decreasing the dosage of ashwagandha. So his body worked differently, you see? Mm -hmm. What was his, uh, his Agni like, his metabolism? This, this, this guy, he, he eats like, I mean, one day he said, I can cheat on weekends. I said, okay. So he, he invited me uh, to lunch. He had three hamburgers, okay? <gasps> With four pieces of meat in each hamburger, okay? Three hamburgers, huge hamburgers, okay? I don't, I haven't seen them here in the US, those big hamburgers. <laughs> uh, and he had three big hamburgers. He had, uh, um, two rations of uh, French fries, and then he ordered um like um uh coleslaw, like three extra big orders of coleslaw, and then he had a small apple pie. That was around maybe one in the afternoon, and then. We went driving around around 3.30 or 4. He said, like, hey, I'm hungry. I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, so we stopped somewhere, and uh, he had a pizza by himself. And then by 7, he was hungry again. I said, good Lord. I go, if I eat like you, I'll be blowing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Do you think it, um, I mean, because his Agni, he was, you know, um, complaining of a burning sensation, right? He was taking so much that he wasn't uh, taking any of the nutrients in from any of the food that he was eating. So he had to keep eating and eating and eating. Yeah. Um, and we know that as a different condition in Ayurveda, which we won't really get into, but you know, it basically your digestive system burns everything and you don't take in the nutrients, uh, which yeah. is caused by taking too many hot potency foods like the yogurt, the ashwagandha. So yeah, um, Tikshana Agni, no? Yeah, Tikshana Agni. So it's just like this like this dragon. <laughs> yeah. Um dragon burning the whole city down and like there's nothing left so when you take the proper dosage 
the herb is metabolized, the vata is pacified, and the pitta is balanced, right? Yes. And the anxiety, stress, and you know the hyper, the hyper energy, which is from the vata imbalance, uh, comes into balance. So that's you know the proper use of herbs is very important, and the time and the diet, because if the diet is not right. Uh, let's say you're eating all these foods that, you know, are improper combinations, which most people do. Um, they combine fruits and vegetables. Uh, this is like my big pet peeve besides herbs being used incorrectly. But yeah. you see in a lot of supplements, they're like, oh, yeah, this is a whole food supplement. And then you look at it and it's like every single thing you could possibly throw together, um, not considering improper food combination of or of herbs with uh you know fruits and vegetables together all in one supplement like just eat real food exactly eat real food take a single herb you know that's why people are just floored when you take uh you know let's say ashwagandha and you give them like a quarter of a teaspoon in a decoction and they're like wow this is totally different than my you know insert name here company uh supplement that's marketed for relaxation and uh, stress, you know? Yes. Um, I, so uh, any other things that you want to talk about um, in regards to these herbs that you've seen? I know we mentioned well, uh, Gokshura, Ashwagandha, and Shatavari. Um, maybe we'll talk about Shatavari more in another episode, and we'll keep this like our, our uh, bro tips. Bro <laughs> okay. tips. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, one thing I noticed for ashwagandha was that people were taking it for thyroid problems. Oh, for like lethargy? Yeah. Hy hypothyroidism. Oh, oh, thyroid. Yes. The hypothyroid. Yes. I, yeah. I saw that mentioned. Yeah. And uh, so I decided to start reading more into it. And mm -hmm. and I I seen that it does help with hypothyroidism in some cases, mm -hmm. but in other cases uh, with hyperthyroidism, uh, kind of it doesn't do it. It helps more with hypothyroidism for some reason. So, but then. Because for hyperthyroidism, uh, it doesn't really work that much because it doesn't really goes with the chemistry needed for hyperthyroidism. You see? Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I've, I've heard people say, oh, I heard it's good for thyroid. And I always think that's complex because ashwagandha also is considered an adaptogenic herb that's why it can be used yeah. for men or women when yeah. uh you know bulking and why it's successful but you know you have to consider also a lot of people that want to take these types of herbs are also on pharmaceuticals yes and when See, you for... mix a pharmaceutical with a powerful adaptogenic herb like this it's game over. You don't know what's going to happen because unless you can, you know, uh, unsolve, you know, solve the riddle of like the 20 medications that they're on yeah. and see like, oh, I don't want to stop my thyroid medication. I can't. Well, you want to take ashwagandha and take a thyroid medication. It's going to do the opposite because the thyroid medication is silencing a function and suppressing all these other things. So your body's not working the way it's supposed to. So you can't expect the herb to work. See, because uh, ashwagandha works for hypothyroidism because it increases the T4 and T4, uh, T3 and T4 um, hormones, and uh, and it helps that the body doesn't accumulate so much fluid, um, mm -hmm. no fluid retention. I mean, it's way better because it has hot potency due to the fact that people that have problems with hypothyroidism, they're always cold. 
due to their condition, right? So when they take ashwagandha, since it's hot, it increases the body temperature and it helps them relieve all the fluid, extra fluid they accumulate. So I saw that ashwagandha for hypothyroidism is way, way better than hyper. It can be used for hypothyroidism. Um, it usually has better effect on hypothyroidism than hyperthyroidism. That's what I find out throughout testing and seeing how it works out. Um, well, some people they came to me and they were they were they were uh, they had hyperthyroidism and they were taking ashwagandha because somebody told them to. And they were, there's a lot of somebody's out there telling people to well, take yes yeah. well you know <laughs> well i i think people they're they're embarrassed they don't want to say that they pay 300 bucks for uh, consultation and they got worse you see but i i told the person i said look i'm not gonna charge you for uh consultation she's gonna charge you for the herbs so it, it works out uh, when you do that, help out people. Sometimes people, you know, they tend to go with the trend and they want to do everything people tell them. Uh, but it is a, a good practice to really read about the herbs before you use them, instead of just uh, start using the herbs without knowing the herb. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a great thing to to uh, for people to consider because people just they want to like take everything at the same time and and not think that um, it's actually doing something just because it's a plant doesn't mean it doesn't have any effect. Like there are deeper um, understandings of plants. You know, we study plants at a certain level and. You know, uh, plants like ashwagandha is from the Solanaceae, I think I said it right, uh, family. And that is a solar herb, which would explain its heating, you know. Yes. Ultimately, everything in, in the known universe is either going to be solar or lunar, right? Yes. So, you know, you take, we'll, we'll use an, an herb that is cold. We'll say that, you know, um, Brahmi is a cold potency herb so that's going to be more lunar in its in its quality it's going to be cooling it's going to be um you know nourishing right um yes. ashwagandha is nourishing in a different way it's it's very heating so that's a big one for people to um understand is this is not something it's it's part of the new what you would call nootropics because of how it it can be used so it's not to be taken lightly and um i appreciate these uh different examples that you gave because i think they really illustrate uh what can happen when you take an herb and um you know how it affects different bodies and um, age groups and also you know we consider the mental state of the person that is going to take the herb Yes, it, it makes a, a big difference. There's a lot of things to consider. A lot of people, practitioners, I'll say, uh, consider a person being pita, vata, and some kapha. They want to put the herbs on stone, you know. So, do you want to take this? You know, and, and it doesn't work that way. I've seen that. Um, it doesn't work that way at all. See, some people they say, "Oh, you have heartburn. Oh, take this and this herb. This will always fix it." No, it's not true. It really doesn't work that way. I've seen it because if the person doesn't fix their diet, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It, diet has so much to do with this. Um, for example, I, I had this lady. She was complaining of phlegm all the time. Phlegm. Flam, flam. At night, she was choking on her own flam. And I said, oh, what's going on? You know, so I was breaking my head. So what is going on? 
And she said, look, your medicine doesn't work with me. I said, this was like around 1030, <laughs> 1030 at night. She called me, you know, she was super stressed. I said, look, I go right now, call me, do a FaceTime. So she called me and I said, now flip the camera and show me your room. Okay. And she's like, okay, let me put on some, some clothes. I said, okay, go ahead. So she flipped her camera and showed me her room. Guess what? She had like 300 newspapers folded in one of the night tables. You know? And then she had a bunch of uh, medals from her son from, from when he was a kid and from high school and from some type of Taekwondo class he used to take. So there was about 300 medals with their thing is hanging from the wall. So I said, no wonder you have allergies. I go, well, you have is allergies, you know? Why you didn't tell me you had 300, 3,000 newspapers folded in your night table, all those things hanging from the wall. I go, no wonder. I said, that's never gonna go away. You need to clear your room. You have, I mean, you go, there's a plethora of uh, allergenics, allergenics in there, you know? There's so many things that make you allergic. I go, dust, dust mites, <laughs> I mean, you name it. And she reluctantly did it. She said, okay, I'll do it. But she did it. A week later, she called me, she said, you know what, you were right. She wasn't choking on her own flame anymore. So it has to do a lot with their environment, their diet, but some people don't want to tell you. They don't want to be uh, sincere about it. So there's a lot of people like that that will not tell you the main. Sometimes to them, it's, it's not important to mention, but sometimes the main culprit. And that's why we have to be like a detective sometimes, you know, with the symptoms. Oh my gosh, yes, you nailed it. I mean, this is another really important point. Um, a lot of people are hoarders. They live in unclean environments because they allow themselves to be consumed with their emotions and they hold on to the past. And yeah. This is why I feel like Ayurveda is going to emerge as the number one medicine and lifestyle uh, tool in the future because we need it. People have been ignoring your environment and the impact on the mind and body of what happens on a daily basis. You can't just like, you know, um, go through life with a messy house i mean part of ayurveda you know the limbs of the vedas is ayurveda yoga jyotish vastu and what you illustrated is very simple vastu remedy clean your house <laughs> clean your room you know yeah um, clean it up <laughs> there's something to be said <laughs> about that um because people don't, uh, they don't want to be responsible for their lives. Yeah. And, you know, we're like, we're like playing, uh, you know, we're being the parent at the same time. We're being like the teacher. We're being like uh, the policeman. And then we're also <laughs> being the, uh, you know, the healer. Yeah. All in one. You know, uh, the best part about, uh, I guess what, you know, I won't, I won't call it a pandemic. Uh, yeah. What happened these past two years is our practice expanded into a different form. Um, yes, you know, we probably thought we were going to do it a certain way, but we get to see more of of what people were hiding and um, understand the complexities of what they're dealing with. Uh, like I had a patient um, in town where I live whose house I got to go to. And when you see how a person lives, you see a lot about them. 
you know, and then you do your Ayurvedic consultation. Part of it is darshan, right? We are looking at the patient. Yes. We're not just like doing what Western doctors do, which is go, mm-hmm, yeah, and then just scribble a bunch of stuff down. No, we're listening to the patient. We're looking at the patient. We're observing what their eyeballs look like, what their hair looks like, what their nails look like, um, what they're dressing like, you know, not like their style. We're looking to see, is this person balanced? Are they happy? Are they, um, you know, present? You know, that's how we can observe when someone's vata is off the charts, right? A really good practitioner can see that if someone is constantly cracking their knuckles, which is also one of my pet peeves, I can't stand it, you know? I mean, you probably, do you notice that a lot? I see people cracking their knuckles like all the time. No, it's it's, uh, it's it's like and what and what do we see that that's a number one uh condition of vata right yeah but then what happens when you do that you create space in the knuckles and possibly you know that's where vata is going to go create um an imbalance later in life right arthritis yes absolutely so right. yeah you see you watch what people do and, you know, you take your detective skills to the next level. You can uh, decipher uh, what a patient is telling you. Like, it's not that the herbs don't work. It's that there are many other factors to consider. Like, you know, their their lifestyle, how they live, who they live with. You know, because we say this is a family practice, right? Um. <laughs> You, you want to see every factor of their life and they might hate all your questions and that it takes, you know, sometimes three hours because once you get people talking, they won't stop, right? Exactly, yes. I had that, you know, a, a lady said to me, why is taking so long? I said, this is the way it is. I said, it's now or never. It's now or never. I said, why? Why you wanna just be five minutes? I go, I don't, I don't do, that. I don't do five minutes. I go, I'm, I wanna know what's going on with you. You know, uh, I had a lot of patients that had it was mostly uh, emotional, a lot of yeah. emotional, a lot of emotional. It, I had this lady; she was seventy-eight years old. Very active lady, very active. It, she she acted like she was 40 years old, you know, always fast in the move. So she would come and see me once a week. And she said to me, you know what? I just want to talk to you. I said, okay. So she will sit down and talk to me like for two hours. She said, my older son and the only one that lives with me, she said, doesn't want to talk to me. She says that I'm boring. I said, okay, well, let's talk. And I had a few cases like that, that similar to her, that they, all they wanted to do is just talk and express what they were feeling. So there's a lot of people there that need our help just to listen to them. Basically, it's simple just to listen to them. And we have to be open about listening to these people uh, so we can be of more help, I believe. I don't know what you think about that. but Yeah, I think, um, well, it depends where you want to take your practice, right? And I think we're both more um, inclined to want to help people um, on the more psychological side of Ayurveda, you know, because there are people that are just going to want to like load everyone up on herbs, you know, like that's the classic thing that happens when people finish their Ayurvedic training is you give them a case study and they just want to like throw a bunch of herbs at this person when maybe they don't even need herbs. They just need someone uh, to listen to them and it becomes more of a 
psychology, uh, you know, for us, it's it's more of a psychology uh, type study where the patient is just showing us uh, how we use Ayurveda as a way to help them with their, you know, manas, manasika roga, what we would call. Exactly. Um, because that is considered an imbalance in Ayurvedic practice when somebody has a mental imbalance, uh, we don't put them on antidepressants. We don't um, give them something to suppress that feeling. We tell them to, in essence, explore that feeling through a conversation, right? Or through a meditation, through use of um, perfumes or herbs or culinary herbs or foods, right? Yes. We use natural things to uh, solve the problem. And if the only thing is that this person wants to do is have a conversation uh, to uh, understand themselves better, that can be a form of Ayurveda that is very easy to do if you are a practitioner that likes um, psychology, right? Absolutely, yeah. That's one of the so, best ways to help out. Right. So this is a, a great um, illustration of, of the adaptive nature of Ayurveda. So I really appreciate you uh, coming on today to talk about uh, these different case studies. And um, I hope we can talk some more um, on a few more episodes. We can collaborate um, and speak about uh, different herbs and uh, observations that we've seen in patients. So Absolutely. thank you. Uh, for coming on today. Thank you. My pleasure. And if you want to give your um, name of your company out again. Oh, my, uh, the company I use is, uh, company name is Ahava Ayurveda. And uh, I usually use my uh, cell phone number. A lot of people just want to do Skype, Zoom, or WhatsApp. So, <laughs> That's my phone number is 626-417-1056. Thank you. Great. Thank you. All right. We'll be Namaste. Talking soon. Namaste. Take care.